Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Are you driven by a passion to discover your divine destiny? Ready to discover your purpose and fulfill your God-given potential? You can at the Kingdom Church at Philadelphia in West Oak Lane Sundays at 9 a.m. Rediscover the kingdom and discover your purpose, identity, and divine destiny. For more information, call 267-357-9816. The kingdom of God is now eternal, and it's your time. Don't miss your moment. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. God will supply your needs. See you this Sunday at the Kingdom Church at Philadelphia in West Oak Lane at 9 a.m. The Kingdom Church at Philadelphia, 6101 Lime Kiln Pike at Church Lane. Call 267-357-9816. This message paid for by the faithful supporters of Kingdom Vision Ministries International. Listen daily to www.247kingdomradio.com where Jesus is Savior, Lord, Owner, Master, and King. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. 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 Yes.
God baptized. Got Jesus on my mind, and I'm running for my life. Yes. 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 That's I, I, I love, you know, how we used to do it. We had, before we came praise and worship, we came. We yes. touching that now. It was called devotion. And we did exactly what Dr. Ray was talking about. Somebody had a song. Yes. Somebody had a revelation. Somebody had a And so we, we, in that article I was reading this morning, right, it was talking about the reason why we don't do things the way they did in the first church is because of culture. And I'm like, wait a minute, this is somebody that doesn't understand kingdom. It's like this article. Mm-hmm. Because we are supposed to uh, submit to the culture. We are counterculture. Hallelujah. <laughs> counterculture is the fact that we operate and function different from the world. Right. We don't, we don't uh, submit to cultural norms, no, but we're supposed to submit to the, to the Lord. We're supposed to submit ourselves to the king. Right. And so the way he does things, the way we operate and function in the body, is not about cultural norms. Hallelujah. So all this, you know, this is production and uh, trying to draw people, you know, to your ministry. I mean, think about it. You got That's some churches all over because they have billboards up and they advertise their ministries and they mostly definitely advertise their music ministries and hope mm-hmm. to draw people in. Um. Give people, you know, they have analyzed about what their church offers, right? You know, we got air conditioning. Yeah. About <laughs> so what their church offers. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The church fan. Hallelujah. It's under the anointing. Yeah. <laughs> and so, I mean, you know, we don't submit ourselves. The culture does not control God. Hallelujah. Yeah. The current culture and the cultural norms, they will control how God operates and functions. Because the way that we do things now, you know, we got to know how we got things set up, you know, to do things the way that we do them, that really kills fellowship. Come on. That really um, staunches, and, and because guess what? When we're not, you know, loving one another or in fellowship with one another, we become secret agents. And mm. church culture has created secret agent Christians. Where you, I don't want you in my business. You know, as the church is over, I'm going to jump in my rod. I'm going to go. I ain't got time to stop and talk to nobody because I'm going after it. I'm chasing I'm chasing that paper. I'm going for the bag. Mm-hmm. You know? Got to get mine. Yeah. Yeah. I got to get mine. Did you ask that? Yeah.
you know, it, it, um, I forgot what you just said, but it reminded me of Galatians 2.20. It's like, your business, what's your business? Right, right. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I. Yeah, Christ yeah. lives in me. Right. And the life which I now live, mm-hmm. I live by the faith of the Trinity. Hallelujah. So who are you talking about? Who business? Uh-huh. Who business is uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I was uh, about to say earlier, I was watching Dr. Ball's videos. <laughs> well, I watched two of them yesterday. And one of the things he was talking about as a believer, you can't talk to about your personal private life. Come on, you can't talk to about That's right. That's right. That's right. What? <laughs> yeah. You don't have a private life. Why? Because your life impacts everyone in the fellowship. Uh, yeah. I, I don't like going back to the Old Testament, but it's good. It, 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 it's a good place to go. I think about Moses. Mm-hmm. Well, actually, it wasn't Moses, it was Joshua. And okay. the children of Israel and how they lost. To AI, you know, they just beat Jericho down, so you know, they kill themselves. So it just took a couple thousand down to the AI. You know, they're a little small city. We, we, we got that handle. Let's a couple of young men go down there and they handle our life for And they got what? They got beat. And God, you know, probably told Joshua, if you, if you obey me, I'm with you. <laughs> if you disobey me, you're going to you know, get your tail handed to you. So Joshua down there praying, like, oh, God, what's going on? What's going on, God? Why did we lose? And God said, get up. There's sin in the camp. <laughs> get down there. I told you, if you remember what I told you, Joshua, the reason, I, the reason that you were losing, that's what cook, cook right there in your spirit, that's because there's sin going on in the camp. In other words, a man that went out and he went, you know, they had just beat Jericho, and he said he saw some clothes, he saw a piece of gold. That's the world's thinking. That's right. That's, right. That's the world's thinking. 
I'm not saying that, you know, uh, God doesn't deal with us individually because he does. But it harms and puts, it, it hurts the fellowship of the believers together and we come in not being authentic. Hallelujah. When we come in, not, when we come in selfishly looking for what we want, and what we want to get from the fellowship is that come in willing to serve. And I, that's one of the things I want to get to here. We want, this teaching will be going on for a minute. I feel spirit. We still, this is introduction part two. <laughs> Amen. But we are coming to a place where the world sees, as I said earlier, how the church advertises, come here. And, they, and come here to get your needs met. Come here to see what we can do for you. Mm-hmm. What we offer for you. Mm-hmm. That's not the thought of God. That's not God's original thought for the fellowship. That's not God's original thought of God was to come as a as a in quantity and fellowship as a body of believers as God sent it in equity as we talked about last week. It's called out ones coming together. Oh my God! I can remember some years ago. Uh, you know, we was doing the uh, pastor's anniversary thing back in the day. We had this guest pastor, and he was in, and he was teaching about, God, we talked about it a little bit yesterday, about how he came in, and he was doing this message to encourage the leader, and was saying that you got to love them and leave them. In other words, love on the people, but you, it's not your job to be a police officer. It's not your job to think or babysit them, but it's your job to feed them the word and step back. But one of the things he said was, the, he was talking about the, and now, we didn't, we didn't do nothing back then. But even some of the mission of the fellowship is we were supposed to come in, fellowship, and present before the king. Yeah, his reward of what we had experienced the week before. We just to come in, like we talked about, with a song to him. Sister um, Rose, I like when Darwin came in and wrote those poems. That's mm-hmm. right in the flow of what God's looking for. See, we got this religious mindset that we had when we leave church for this one particular thing. And it's, you know, all religious, but no, everyone you have a song, everyone you have a hymn, everyone you have a tongue, everyone you have a, a revelation, you know, an interpretation. Let everything be done for the edifying of the body. That word edify, everybody in here is supposed to come in with something that's supposed to help build up the body. Hallelujah. Growth and development and maturity in the body comes when we all come together. Did y'all see my post on Facebook about mutual fellowship and about mutual edification? That's what that original uh, ecclesia was about. That's what that original assembly was about. Mutual edification. The saints edifying one another. Us growing. Me growing from from Odelia's testimony, and me going from Julian's testimony and Bitcoin's, and we all come together with whatever God has given us, and we all grow from that. That's what this thing is supposed to be about. It's not supposed to come down and sit down. When we come in, oh God, I'm saying it again. When you come in and everybody's sitting down and shares facing the way that they're facing, and we come down to sit, hear somebody serve us and entertain us, Lord God. Welcome to ancient Rome. Welcome to Greece. Welcome to Rome. Because guess what? Even the pulpit, that term comes from ancient Greece. (laughs) The pulpit was a stage where the great orators came. (laughs) See, I I, I study things. I I look up things. I investigate. And this pulpit 
came and they spoke to us. The Lord, where great orators came, and their job is a sermon. Even a sermon comes from ancient Greece. Oh my God, it's crazy. But the sermon was designed to stir your emotions. The sermon was designed. They came up with a little subject, and they talked about it, and whoever could deliver it the best, they got that stand ovation. They got that hand clap. Bravo! And that was the purpose of it. It stirred their emotions. It stirred their natural minds, but it did not impact their spirit. Well, actually, it did. <laughs> but not for the way it should have been. And so that's where they got that. And then Rome adopted that. And then the Roman Catholic Church adopted that. And brought it right on yeah, philosophers began to preach. Yeah, they brought in philosophers. The sermon comes from being a philosopher. The philosophers came in and gave they put with great oratorical skills. Even as we're studying in First uh, Corinthians in the first church, when Paul talked about one of you said, I'm of Paul. Another one says, I am of Apollos. Another one says, I am of Christ. Christ. Paul asked the question, did I die for you? <laughs> Is Christ divided? But the thing about this brother Apollos, and I studied Apollos, Apollos was known because Apollos was popular because he knew how to turn a phrase. Apollos was very educated. He knew how to speak in front of crowds. So everybody, yeah, I'm down with Apollos. Like, you know, everybody loved T.D. Jakes because, you know, he knew how to turn a phrase. He preached real good. He sounded real good. So everybody started setting up parties. Well, you know, no, I'm down with Peter. Peter, that's my, that's my preacher. That's my favorite no, Paul, my favorite preacher. No, Paul's my favorite preacher. And Paul said, wait a minute. <laughs> Stop it. Shut it down. We are only people that come to deliver to you the word. We just want to say, we're not the ones that, that, that brought you into this thing. So God, Christ is not divided. So if Christ is not divided, why are you? <laughs> and we have these denominations and everybody in their own way and their own mindset think that they're better than the other denomination, that they want it and the rest of them all. That's the vision at its best. And we don't want to be divided. And the way that that old church was set up, this from the, I'm telling you, you studied it. Well, I studied it. It's crazy. From the way the seats are set up, from the way the, look, the stage. You got the stage, right? And it's raised above the people, right? The platform, they call it. And then you got the pulpit on top of that. And then you got the man or one whoever has to speak it, looking down at the people. Because that idea, even that idea of leadership, comes from ancient Greece. Yes, where leaders or people had a certain pedigree, they had a certain look. You know, they were blonde hair, blue eyes, might even have a big nose. That made you a leader. And everybody else was a follower. Well, they brought that kind of thinking into the culture. They brought that kind of thinking into church. But that's not how it's supposed to be. You have the fivefold ministries, right? But we're going to get into it in First Corinthians, how you have these nine different gifts. Yes, there's other gifts that have certain responsibilities, you know, that, that get it more from the high parts brought by God than others. But we all have a purpose. We all have a part. And for everything that, no matter what your gifting is, no matter what your calling is, God will say, well done, if you do your gift. Whether you're an apostle, whether you're a janitor, <laughs> no matter what, whatever you're doing, if you're doing it to the best of your ability, and the ability that God gives, God's going to say, well done. And that gift 
That anointing is for the body. It's for the body. Mm-hmm. We have gifting and anointings that go take us outside of the body. There's also giftings and anointings that we do within the body. And so wherever we serve, we we gotta find our place in this. We gotta begin to ask God. And there's some things stirring in my spirit. I'm gonna talk with Dr. Leonard first before I release him. You know. But there's some things that's in my heart. I, I want to see us because, you know, I was in church for so long. They might have heard this age before. Amen. It was in them all those years, not getting nothing, just being religious. I want to see us grow. I want to see us be who God created us to be. I don't want us to be like the church around the corner. I don't want us to be like the church. You know, on the hill, they got 25,000 members, and everybody, you know, got their own thing going on. They got their own set of beliefs. They, look at You got 25,000 members of the church, right? And the only one being impacted by the messages then. What good is that doing Christ? What good is that doing the world? Jesus said, you know, and there's a word that, you know, for God so loved the world, right? That he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. But all you're getting to do, see, that's a, that's the world's selfishness. You just come to get what you can and can what you get is not God's idea. It's not God's purpose. Oh, God, I'm running out of time. Okay, the clock back there. I'm already out of time. <laughs> Wait a to tell you the truth. I just want us to get it. As I said, that we're supposed to be a community of believers that's supposed to edify one another. Antonio asked to me. I asked Antonio. Juanita asked Odea. Odea asked Juanita. We're supposed to add to one another. And growing, and then it helps us to grow together. It's not a private thing. We're not private guys, private investigators. All right, as I leave about here, I can remember, you know, being in that religious system, in that religious church, you know, everybody hugging and kissing on one another on Sunday. But let me see that same thing on Monday. They look at me across the street on purpose to avoid having to speak. But she was kissing me up one side of my face and down the other on Sunday. Now you're trying to avoid me on Monday. What's that? What's that? We communicate. We come and love on one another. You know, on Sunday, oh, I love you, but then I don't hear nothing else from you again until the following Sunday. I'm bad at it, too. <laughs> I'm bad at it. You know, I'll tell you the truth, man. My phone go up every day. But as the years go on, as the end of the year goes on as the following year comes on, we, we're going to get into some things. The thing that Dr. Leonard, he was right in there. I said, thank you, Lord, about why we do things the way that we do them, and that, you know, there are those who say that we can't do it the way they did in the first church. And the way that they did it in the first church is it caused them to be and operate the way that they did. It caused them to be strong. It caused them not to have too many failures in their lives. One of the first churches that I rededicated my life back to the Lord in 1991 was another small ministry we were over in Holy Rock, Scotland. And in Scotland, we, well, we had church, you know, but then we go to somebody's house, right, break bread, and then talk about what we had learned in church that morning. I, I love that. I love that. We was little babes. We was little, a bunch of newborn believers. We ain't no no better. <laughs> we ain't know no better but to come together and fellowship and break bread and 
talk about the word and, and, and challenge one another and pray with one another. We come up to each other's houses and pray. I, I'm thinking about these things now, man. Right? And this is what we did back in 1991 over in Holy Rock, Scotland. This is a small group of believers. We got away from that. The church became a corporate thing. <laughs> it became a business. It became a place where, you know, you serve your brand of Christianity to get the crowd. We not. We don't want to be that. And maybe that's the reason why, you know, we don't have many people here, but that's going to change too. Because there was a way. As the people saw outside of us, saw the koinonia, the fellowship, as they saw the fellowship of the believers, that's what drew them. More than signs, wonders, and miracles. The fellowship of the saints is what drew the unbelievers. Wait a minute, they different than us. There's something different about them than it is about how we live. There's something different about them, man. I want me some of that. I see how they love on their brother. I see how they love on their sister. I see how their their marriage is different than mine. We over here arguing and fighting like cats and dogs. <laughs> but they don't. We sound perfect. But it's about learning one another. See, when you, see, when it gets us together, see, when we don't know one another, when we come together and one of the quirks of personality jump off, wait a minute, when your quirk of personality jump off, instead of dealing with it in the spirit, we, we act in the flesh. Why? Because we don't spend enough time knowing one another. We don't know where that comes from. We don't know why they act the way they act. Why? I only see you once a week. I only talk to you once a week, so I don't know you. But the thing is, God might set you in somebody's life to bring ministry to their life. Sometimes we get the wrong idea about ministry. Sometimes we get caught up so much in what we're doing. And, you know, some people get caught up in what they're doing, and it's wonderful to do things for other people. And I've had people do some wonderful things and so on to my life, this, that, and the other thing. They didn't recognize that when I was in their lives, it wasn't just what they were doing for me, but it's what I was what they were supposed to receive from me also. Because they couldn't see it, they despised it. They despised it. They looked at me because, you know, they was looking at my personhood. They was looking at the place that I was in at that time. And so they couldn't receive anything that God was giving me because after all, I'm sowing it to them with their lonely selves. <laughs> That's a mindset we got to get rid of. Oh, my Lord, I'm, I'm out of time. But we're going to deal with this. We got to get a mindset that we're supposed to serve one another. And we have to think of others greater than ourselves. Yeah, this 2020, Kingdom Vision. Yeah, we're going to activate some things this year. We're going to activate some things. We're going to activate the kids. We're going to activate the columns. We're going to activate the anointing. We want to activate that servant spirit that we are, that we put in the house. <laughs> I know it's in the house. It's big. We want to activate showing love one to another. We want to activate what God meant for the church. I'm going to go ahead. If anybody has any else thing they want to say or any questions before we ask, uh, one, of, one of the other things that Lord meant to me was. Mm-hmm. Matthew 16, 28. Mm-hmm. Oh. He didn't save his life. Mm-hmm. Sure. Oh, that's it. Yeah. He didn't lose his life. 
Come on now. If it was about Jesus, come on now. You the Lord from heaven and somebody slap you? Brother, they are slapping out and say, God, I'm sorry. They're going to hell. I'm coming home. <laughs> That's it. After the first slap, no, 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 uh-uh. I was the angels, Michael, Gabriel, all y'all, come on down here and handle it. Come on down here and handle these roles. Come on down here and handle the, the Sanhedrin. Come on down here. And I'm coming home, Dad. They just going to have to go into eternity. But no, it was a great, he said, for the joy that was set before me, he endured the cross. My God, he despised the shame. Yeah. But that's the thing we have to understand. It's not about us. I'm sitting on every day. And the Lord is dealing with me every day. He said, You gotta die to yourself. He's about your creature comfort. I called you the shepherd. I called you to feed the flock. Ain't about what you want to do right now. Yeah, turn that to yourself. Oh, yeah, yeah, get off that Facebook. Yeah, shut that phone down. I don't care how many times they call. <laughs> and shut it down. Yeah, yeah. The life that you now live. I live by the faith of the Son of God. He died for it. And God wants us to die for one another. He wants us to put down, see, he wants to put down our agenda and pick up his. He said, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. In other words, Give me yours and pick mine up. Yeah. Give me that thing that you worry about. Give me that thing that you, you sweating a little about. Give it to me. Yeah. And take mine on. For my yoke is easy. And my burden is light. It becomes easy and it becomes light when we just freely submit. It becomes hard when we fight against God. Amen. He wants to put you. 
I don't need up here. I want to be in the background hiding somewhere. Give me an envelope. Let me just be an usher. <laughs> Let me just greet people at the door. Let me just hang out, hang out the fly. Let me just do, you know, little stuff. No, that's where I wanted to be. God has something different. Believe me, I'm out of my comfort zone right now. <laughs> you might not know it, you might not realize it, but I'm out of my comments. Please, Prince of Child, go ahead and preach. Yeah. But he wants to see that thing he's coming for. He's coming for your comfort zone. He's coming like, no, he wants to pull you out of that comfort zone. Because when you step up that thing, come out of your comfort zone, even if you're doing it nervous, even if you're doing it afraid, even if you got a stutter doing it. He wants you to bring it out with Ben your history be made perfect in your weakness. When you submit yourself to the power of God that's in you, when you submit yourself to the anointing that God has placed in you, my God, talking about being successful, talking about flowing, talking about there being a peace and a flow. And I'm starting to see things become a flow in even my life right now. Things that I wasn't doing, I posted on Facebook about, you know, going for home ownership and things of that nature because things that were being presented to me months ago, I couldn't see it because I didn't have enough money. Credit jacked up. I couldn't see it. But then all of a sudden, the Lord flipped in and showed show me that people was at, over the last year. So people asked me, so you made to buy, you know, I'm a veteran. So I have veterans reps and things that I, that I deal with. Maybe you're going to ask me, so you ready to buy a home? You ready to get a house? And I was ignoring it back then. But just a few short weeks ago, the Lord said, go for it. <laughs> Because God's been talking about faith, right? Yeah. So if you have faith, faith is not about what you see in front of you. That's right. Faith is about now. Now faith is the substance of things. So, right? The evidence of things, not that thing. I don't see it. I don't know how we're going to do it. I don't know where it comes from. But God, since you told me, since you said go for it, I'm going to go for it because I believe your word. If you believe his word. Come on now. Uh, <laughs> if you can use his words, then my God, you ain't got no choice. But the seventy guess what? That's the thing. We were always gonna be in control. We always gonna be in charge of something. That's the problem right there. God, I'm gonna do it. But show me how we're gonna do it first. <laughs> show me how it's gonna go down. Show me the end of the thing. No, but he gives you bits and pieces. The more you step out, the more he reveals. The more you do, the more you obey God's word, he gives you a little bit more. He showed Abraham the the stars in the sky and the sand of the seashore. He said, boy, if you do what I tell you, your descendants will be just like that. He didn't show Abraham the house. (laughs) As a matter of fact, he only gave him a glimpse, and that glimpse was Isaac. Isaac was the glimpse. Isaac, uh, look, he took, he created and produced a baby from folks whose bodies finally functions the day. <laughs> yeah, there was no Viagra. <laughs> See, y'all was none of that stuff back then. You know, God spoke to their spirit and said, if you believe me, in the moment they stepped out, it took 25 years. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> but because they stepped out in faith, not wavering. And did what God said. All right, now I can work with this boy here. I can work with this boy. Then he asked for it back. He said, I gave you the son of Abraham, now give him back to me. Give him back. Give him to me. 
now you want him back? But then Abraham began to say, wait a minute now. He promised me. See, that's the thing. He promised me that he was going to give me this son. He promised me that I would be a father of a multitude. So if he's going to take him, he must going to give him back. <laughs> and then when he felt that freedom in the spirit, he had that faith in God that what God was able to do, he was also able to perform. Yeah. Is that the book? And because he was also able to perform that that he said, my God, yes, Lord. Woo, he believed it. And so we ought to believe that same thing. We ought to live life just that way. It's not based on what our bank account says. It's not based on what the scale says. Hallelujah. <laughs> Glory to God. It's based on, do you believe my word? When Joseph, I love Joseph, that's my boy. When Joseph began to did not just receive his dream, but he began to voice his dream. He began to speak out what God had told him. Then God said, I, I can work with this fellow now. He would have told people if he didn't believe what I said. He, Joseph didn't know how that thing was going to turn out. The people that's mad at him when he voiced it, his family members didn't know. <laughs> preach, preach the shot, go ahead and praise him. Go ahead. You know, what do you say? Look. He didn't know how that thing was going to turn out. He didn't know. He didn't realize that it was going to cause him to be ostracized by his family, to be thrown in a pit, to be put in jail, to be accused of rape by his master's wife, to be thrown in jail for 17 years. He didn't know none of that. All he had was a dream. All he had was a scene. All he had was a word of God. But guess what? All those things. He never lost his integrity. And all those things, he always operated in excellence. He was the best prisoner in the prison. But he was in Potiphar's house. He was the best steward in the house. And Potiphar said, boy, the only one in here got more power than me is you. And then he ended up being in Pharaoh's court. And Pharaoh said, boy, the only one second to me in all power is you. Because he found the word of God. He believed God. He gave voice to what God had said to him. And he brought him to the court, and he was able to say the same people that he used. He said it just like this way. See, y'all thought it was for evil, but God meant it for good. God used y'all to come against me to get me to a place where I can save your life. He was a type of Christ, rejected by his brothers, <laughs> sent by his father, <laughs> rejected by his brothers. But at the end of the thing, he rescued his brothers. He saved them from death. Oh, my God. And so, because he gave his life, he surrendered to the will of God. He didn't complain. He didn't moan. He didn't cry. Grunt, look. <laughs> he didn't cry. But what he did was he surrendered to the process. He surrendered to what God wanted to do. Abraham surrendered to the will of God for his life. Yeah. yeah. And he produced Abraham. produced Isaac. He produced Jacob. Who produced uh, Israel. And then Jacob produced the 12 sons, and we hear where we hear now, because the 12 sons produced Jesus. It all comes from following the plan and purpose of God. It's only you. Rejected. He was despised and rejected of men. A man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. 
add this to that too, but that's good right there, brother. When he submitted himself to John Baptist, yes. he submitted himself to the will of the Father, right? So when he submitted himself to the will of the Father, he was baptized, the Holy Spirit came down on him in the form of the dove, and the voice from heaven said, This is my beloved son, and whom I am well pleased. Why? Because he submitted himself to the will of God. He submitted himself to God's will. It wasn't about the fact that he was the son of God. Yes, he was the son of God. But there was a certain way he had to do this. There was a certain plan and purpose that God had. And for God's plan and purpose to go forth, he had to submit himself to baptism. The baptism of repentance. Even though he hadn't sinned, he was our, you know, example of all things was hanging on the life of God. And so he showed us how to do this thing. Uh, he, he showed us that, yeah, first thing that I do, I got to go down here and repent of my sins. I didn't sin, but I'm going to show you how I'm going to do this. That baptism was a picture of a former life, him going down in baptism, being buried. If you read over in Romans 6, it talks about how the baptism of us is a picture of us going down in the grave with Jesus. That's what that water is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It can't save you, but it's a picture that you're being a witness to the world that now that I'm going down in this water, I have died with Christ. My life as you once knew it before is now over. <laughs> I'm a new creature in Christ. Yes, sir. I'm a new creation. Yeah. Come on, I won't think it's halfway. All things have become new. All things are up yeah, he submitted himself. Come on now. All right. I'm going to start right there. Brother go ahead. Go ahead. We have a church. Yeah. 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 Mm, come on. Say that louder. Come on, say that louder. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah.
um, to, to the believer, yes. to, to the people of God. Um, that, that's
you submit yourself to him, come on now. This thing will start flowing freely. Yeah. <laughs> It'll be a flow of this thing. Your life will be a flow. I ain't going to say things will be perfect. I ain't going to say things will be, you know that. But guess what, though? It'll be perfect because you'll be in the spirit realm. You'll be in a, oh God, you'll be in a place of perfect peace. You'll be in a place of shalom, nothing missing, nothing broken, nothing lacking, because you have submitted, you know that word, shalom means, you have submitted yourself to the will of God, because of that, we got you, whatever he gets in place, I got you. And that's what we want to be able to speak to every one of us in those situations, but when we submit ourselves to the will of God, Change yourself. All right. All right. And then whatever 
around you will change. Right now, we as believers cannot go and talk to the world. Come on. Oh, oh. Why? Because we look like the world, we sound like the world, we act like the world. Because I was sharing with one of my patron mother what day it was, and I didn't know this woman is a believer. She was like, they were talking with another nurse, and it's like, we cannot go out and evangelize because we act like the world. How many divorce are in the church than in the world? Yeah. We do the things of the world. Black Friday coming up, open and shop. <laughs> the world do these things. Everybody's running helter skelter from the last Friday, the madness starts on the road. The brown street, everybody's shopping like they don't have stuff in their house. We don't do these things. So we gotta act. We gotta the change starts with us. When you change, the world can change. That is why when God gives the battle or Jesus gives the battle to us, we and we gotta give inheritance. So we gotta walk it out. This is ours to walk out now for the coming king. So that was just my short testimony. You can keep, keep myself from birth. <laughs> the blood count is going up. <laughs> amen, amen. Glory. So we gotta we gotta walk this walk. Let's don't talk it alone. Oh, the kingdom. We gotta walk it out. As as they say, activate. Activate. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. I just wanted to piggyback on what uh, Sister Gillian said. Um, you know, we do have to begin with ourselves. We have to look inward. We have to we said, take the plank out of our eyes. You know, before we start talking about somebody else, what they didn't do. And even in my own life, my health. Hallelujah. And to take control of that thing. Hallelujah. Took control of me. Take some time and exercise and eat right. Hallelujah. So I can continue to do kingdom work and walk around and stand up without pain. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Go get that hot tub. Hallelujah. So, hallelujah. Glory to God. Go lift some weights. I won't be flabby. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. I can lift my hand, my holy hand without flabby. You know what I mean? Glory be to God. We have to look at ourselves in every our health, our finances, glory to our family, our husbands, our children. Even in church, how we treat one another. We gotta look and examine ourselves. And sometimes it's you know, when you finally see the big picture, you know, oh, I was an issue all along. Now where do I begin? Imagine that, right? And now you have to work, you have to get before the Father, you have to pray the word. Hallelujah, you gotta do the word. And these things are not gonna be easy. Because you got a concept, the spirit in this, you know, your flesh is going to be fighting. But your spirit is greater. Your spirit is greater. And when you desire those things that God wants for you, you'll kick that flesh to the curb. And you talk and jump. Been there, done that, got 10 t-shirts, and I still didn't enjoy the trip. I'm going to go with God. I'm going Jesus. I'm going the Word. And I'm telling you, when you stay there, oh, yeah, you might feel a little, you know, bumped and bruised every now and then. 
down there, but your joy, the joy is full because he's given you everything that pays the life and godliness, right? So you want to stir up the gift. You want to have to talk out loud the word of God. Encourage yourself. Yeah, people are not going to understand it. People are say, oh, well, I don't know why she over there hallelujah and hollering all this. Her life ain't really all that. She just, that's, that's too much, don't they? But you don't know to whom much is given, much is required, and you don't know that the things that people go through to get through, to push through, to persevere, to have confidence in the midst of the storm. Hallelujah. To stand even though the winds are blowing. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Sometimes if you see a praise come up and you know somebody's issue, that's because they're standing firm. They're believing God. And they're doing what God did. He said, Speak those things that are not, right? And so they were. I'm blessed. I'm highly healed. I'm, I'm fairly wonderfully made, and I'm healed, and I'm whole. Hallelujah. And it shall come to pass, because the supernatural is working on your behalf. Jesus has already done it. He's waiting for you to speak it, so that he can get in the midst and work it out. And while you're walking through, the angels are walking with you. They're clearing the way. They're changing the hearts and minds of people. For the things that you're believing God for. Hallelujah. And it's going to manifest. Just believe and hang in there. And be true to yourself. And examine yourself. So that you can start being whole. Having that shalom and that peace. Hallelujah. It's a blessing, brothers and sisters, while you're at it. You know, your neighbors, your friends. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Because we're, we're sisters and brothers in Christ. This is a uh, the brotherly love city, right?
Hallelujah. 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 We want to walk like you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We want to walk like you, Lord. We want to talk like you, so we want to believe like you said, Lord, to believe, oh God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. That's your name this morning, God. Glory, 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 glory. You are King, our Lord. Thank you, Jesus. That's your mighty name. As we worship you, God, it's spirit and spirit. Hallelujah. Have your way in this place today. We bless you Oh! 
they can only take part of it. And Tyler Perry saw it on the news. And Come on. the rest of it and paid their way home. Amen. We don't have the money that Tyler Perry has, but he's blessing so many people. Yeah. And I pray for him, Lord, keep blessing him so that he can bless others. Hallelujah.
much of the conversation about sowing is about giving so you can get. But I want to spend a few moments with you. We're not going to be long, but I want to spend a few moments with you talking about becoming addicted to sewing. I went to uh, Dunkin' Donuts this morning, got a cup of coffee, and I'm not saying this to brag of what I did. I'm saying this because it's a part of how the Lord confirmed to me what I'm supposed to be talking about this morning. And so I pulled into the Dunkin' Donuts. I didn't really need a cup of coffee. I already had a cup of coffee this morning. But there was just that unction going over to Dunkin' Donuts, get yourself a cup of coffee. You're going to be in the office, and you're going to spend some time in the Word and that kind of thing. Go get a cup of coffee. But when I pull into the parking lot, I pull into Wendy's because Dunkin' Donuts is oftentimes too crowded, so I pull into Wendy's and park there. There was a a, a, a Vietnam veteran. <coughs> He had a placard on, Vietnam veteran. He had his ID on and all that kind of stuff. And he had these two bags, and he had no gloves. And his hands, you know, you could tell he was cold and whatnot. And he said, would you give me a cup of coffee? And I said to him, come on, get whatever you want. Sometimes we only give what they ask. Come on, when they can use so much more. Now, I had already been here in the office. I left the office, got in the car. I didn't put my coat on, didn't put my hat on, didn't put my gloves on, just jumped in the car, went around, and there he was. And, and so I said, get what you want. So he ordered everything that he wanted. Matter of fact, everything he ordered, he ordered a donut, and he looked at me. I said, no, get what you want. He ordered a sandwich, and he looked at me. I said, you ought to get a cup of coffee, too. So he got a donut, coffee, whatever else that he wanted. When I left, the Lord was showing me how he had no gloves. And my gloves were here back at in the office. And the Lord was reminding me, even if I met the other need, but I had the ability to meet another need, then I didn't fully do what the Lord wanted me to do, the Lord having given me the ability to meet the other needs that needed to be met. And so I came back here, went and got those gloves, jumped back in the car, went back, and gave him those gloves. Now, this isn't to boast. It's to talk about the importance of becoming addicted to sewing. You have to develop the lifestyle of being a giver. Not just in church, but simply becoming addicted to being a sower. Simply becoming addicted to being a giver. Simply becoming addicted to meeting the needs of other people. I think we had a pretty good meeting yesterday. Uh, uh, Anthony, Robert, you know, Lois, praise God. Uh, I mean, Eunice. I think we had a pretty good meeting. What do you think? 
And 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 we 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 talked about money. We talked about what it means. And 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 the deception in which we've been robbed of an understanding of why God wants you to have money. Turn to Ephesians chapter 4. I tried to get away with this, get away from this. I figured I'd come in and Anthony already started out. There's a subject in my spirit, kingdom principles for unity of the church. Kingdom principles for unity of the church. And so I figured I'm going to go that route, praise God. And the Lord said, no, you get them part two of what others didn't get part one of. Praise God. God wants you to become addicted to sowing. He wants you to develop the lifestyle of a sower. The purpose of money is for sowing. Ephesians chapter 4. It says in verse 28. Let him that stole steal no more. But rather let him labor working with his hands the thing which is good. That he may have to give to him that needeth. The devil succeeded in making us afraid of money. The devil succeeded in making us afraid of ever being rich. The devil succeeded in keeping the covenant blessing of God from us while we praised, jumped up and down and shouted and spun around looking for a breakthrough. All the while, the devil was robbing us of the reality of what God really wanted us to have so that we would have the ability to meet the needs of other people. And so we've been faithful, but we've been broke. We chase the power and miss the provision. We chase the power but miss the provider. So we got the anointing but no ability to serve because the devil robbed us of the revelation that God wants to provide for us so that we would have to be able to give to them who are in need. All this church stuff is good. Praise God. But there's so much more that God wants to do with a people that believe. 
when I'm sitting in the office over there, I get to sit over there and watch TV. <laughs> Watching Pastor Anthony, praise God. The Lord started speaking to me about how we are the children of the covenant. We are the children of the covenant. God said that we would be his children and he would be our God. We are not a group of people in a building. We're not people looking for a breakthrough. We are the evidence that Jesus broke through for us. We are the evidence that Jesus broke through for us. Now, now, we've been so conditioned to be church members after the image of them who didn't know what the church was supposed to look like that we mirrored the system more than we mirror Christ. And so you always reap what you sow. And we've been sowing religion and reaping a mess. Hallelujah. Oh, yeah, the best of us, praise God. Because if you're controlled by tradition, then you're actually damaged. And you wind up stuck not knowing which way to go. So when I was sitting over there, he said, he said, we are the children of the covenant. That God has established a covenant with us that we would be his children. He would be our God. We would be his children. He would be our father. And what father? doesn't provide for his children. I want y'all to hold on to this for a minute. And Jesus said, you being evil, giving good gifts to your children at Christmas time when you're celebrating my birthday, that, that's not the day I showed up. <laughs> How much more will the Father give good things to them that ask him? We we don't really believe that yet. So we struggle through the week, suffering in fear that our needs won't be met. And yet we're children of the covenant. Now, now here's something interesting. He said, ask and it be given unto you. Seek and you shall find. Knock and the door be opened. But wait a minute. God has also made himself responsive to that which you sow. So Jesus says, it is more blessed to give 
than receive. But we spend all of our time trying to receive and keep from giving. In other words, the same Father that will give you what you have need of requires of you to be a conduit of what he gives. Now, until I become addicted to sowing, I'm only looking for what I can get. And so we got churches full of people that are all in there trying to get their needs met. Now, religion said that the church is the, is the hospital. It is not. It's the equipping center. It's the training center. It's the embassy. It's the place in which you go to find out what is available to you and what your Father God requires of you. It's not a social club. But we're expected to socialize. It's not a gathering of groupies. You know, people heaping to themselves, teachers to an innumerable number, teaching the things they like to hear because they've got itchy ear syndrome. It's the place where we are trained to live the life that God has ordained. And there's a divine order to the house of God. And we're seeing that order come into fruition right here. (laughs) For instance, the church is supposed to be ruled by elders. But the elders are supposed to be submitted to Jesus, who is the head of the church. When the church is not submitted to Jesus, the church is out of order. And so the only way you discover the way Jesus is leading is you have to be sensitive to hear the voice of the Spirit. Now, up until now, many people have been doing their own thing. And you can do your own thing so well that you lose an ear to hear the correction when it comes. And it's like the brother that said, said, you know, he's talking to my wife and said, I, you know, uh, I, I want to have Brother Leonard over to preach, but I can only give him 40 minutes, which means he's been watching me and he knows that, you know, I, you know, little, I go 45 minutes. They say I can only give him 40 minutes Now I can do it in 40 minutes I said to the brothers I I, I eventually talked to the brothers I said listen man And I can do it in 30 He said well I got 40 for you I said I'll take it 
But what happens if the Lord isn't finished in 40 minutes? The tradition of the system says that I control the Holy Spirit, so if the Holy Spirit can't do it in 40 minutes, it ain't going to be done in that church. Here's my point. Jesus is the head of the church. And your ability to hear the Spirit determines your ability to walk in all that God has ordained. Yes, sir. Okay, so what does it have to do with the subject of sowing? Becoming addicted to sowing is you also becoming addicted to hearing. Spirit-directed sowing always produces a harvest. Well, that's a good note for somebody. Praise God. Spirit-directed sowing always produces a harvest. Are you, are you catching it? When you reject the voice of God, you deprive yourself of a provision that God already purposed to come to you. In other words, spirit-directed sowing already has a promise attached. When I'm sowing according to the Spirit of God, the promise of God is that I reap what I sow. Now, now watch this. We've been reaping what we've been sowing because what we've been sowing hasn't been what the Father required. So we're experiencing the results of our disobedience. I, I I don't remember the song, but I, I remember uh, nothing from nothing. Yeah, I, I can hear the tune. Did y'all do y'all? Nothing from nothing leaves nothing. You gotta have something if you want to be with me. Billy Preston, look at that. See that. Hallelujah. Now watch this. Comparatively, we've been sowing nothing and reaping the nothing we've been sowing. No, brother, you got it wrong. I'm a giver. Giving by tradition is equal to not having given at all. Giving by tradition is equal to not having given at all. What do you do when God says, I want you to give more than you're accustomed to giving? Tradition will jump on you. I, I, I didn't give, I've given enough. 
I'm I've given all I'm gonna give, and I ain't giving no more. And what you don't realize is the enemy is actually stealing from you. What you didn't even see is for you. Spirit-directed giving always produces a harvest. And what the enemy does is try to keep you in a place where you'll do no more than what makes you comfortable. Yesterday we talked about budgets. You know what a budget is like. You budge what little you have from here, you push it over there. (laughs) You rob Peter to pay Paul. And then you rob Paul to pay Peter. And then they both start trying to chase you down. And you stop answering the phone. You just listen to the voicemail. <laughs> I used to laugh. My, my my stepdad, he would say when the bill collector called, he would answer and he would talk to the bill collector. We didn't have an answering machines back then. He talked to the bill collector. He said, listen, this is what I'm going to give you. I'm not giving you a nickel more. And if you don't accept this, then don't ask me for anything. <laughs> <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, turn with me. <laughs> yes, sir. That's Ephesians 3.20. Yeah. Yeah. Now into him who's able to do. You talked about the feeling. How the people stole from the people. Remember when you teach me yesterday? Right. That's not the verse I wanted to amplify for. I know what you're talking about, but that's not the verse I wanted to amplify for. Yeah. Hallelujah. Turn to... Luke, chapter 6. We've heard this passage of scripture a million times when it came to time for the offering. But I want you to hear this verse as a principle. The promises of God have contained within them principles for kingdom living. And a a principle is a key. So the promises of God have contained in them keys for kingdom living. And so Luke chapter 6 and verse 38 says, Give, and it shall be given unto you. Good measure. Breath down and shaking together and running over shall men give into your bosom. Now, here, here's the key. For with the same measure. Now, watch this. If you're only giving the least, the least becomes your measure. The same measure 
is all you can get. <laughs> See, there's a spiritual dynamic that's going on in our lives that we're not connecting to that God wants us to connect to. You have a divine ability to change your measure. <laughs> he said, with the same measure that ye meet, withal it shall be measured to you again. In other words, the same degree by which I sow, the same measure of my sowing has the capacity now to come back to me in equal measure. Now, so y'all, so y'all don't take my license. Let me bring real context to the actual verse. Jesus is really talking about the totality of the life you live in terms of loving one another. In other words, to the same degree that you love others is to the same degree that love will come back to you, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. God will cause people to love on you. He really talking about love. Let's get a picture of this. Love See, it started out with Lois messing with me. And then it, and it ended with Jillian talking about sewing. And I'm sitting there trying to get away from this lesson. And, and so the last words you heard was Jillian. Last words I heard was God. He wants to bring you to a different level of sowing because He wants you to come to a different level of receiving. He's putting it in your hand so you can put it in somebody else's hand. Yes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This ain't about name it, claim it, believe it, receive it, blab it, grab it, confess it, possess it, and, and all that old good stuff. It's about discovering the order of God in the area of sowing. Some of you can sow your way out of debt. Come on, you can sow your way out of debt. Somebody said it this way. If you don't have enough to meet your need, take what you have and sow it. Now, this is a concept that is difficult for us because the prosperity preachers had preached the same concept and some of them with the wrong motives, even though they preached the truth. Do not throw out the baby with the bathwater. Throw the bathwater out. And keep the baby, praise God. Hallelujah. Are you receiving this? 
Look at Proverbs chapter 11. God, you are so amazing. Proverbs chapter 11. See, those that were with us yesterday, I was going to tell them that this is going to be part two from yesterday. And that those who weren't with us yesterday, you have to go get the recording, praise God. And then I said, well, no, I'm back up off of that. And he wouldn't allow me to back up off of that. So for those of you who were there yesterday, connect today with yesterday, and oh, my God, you're going to see a picture. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Proverbs chapter 11. Verse 24, there is he that scattereth and yet increaseth, and there is that withholdeth more than is meat, but it tendeth to poverty. In other words, there are those that scatter their giving. It looks like scattering is actually planting. And it produces more. I don't know what that meal meant for that veteran, but I know when the Lord says, come back, get my gloves, and go take those gloves to him, praise God. I I don't know what that meant for me. I I started getting pictures of, of me not going and taking those gloves back there. Wow. I could picture myself preaching, having disobeyed God, and having not got back in that car and took those gloves to him. And it felt an emptiness, like I would have been preaching in a disobedience because God said, go take him those gloves. You see it? You see it? I want y'all to feel this It didn't matter that I fed him When I saw the need for the gloves The Lord said go give him the gloves And and I'm coming home Coming home Coming to the, to the building Coming to the office and I'm, I'm considering the, the possibility of not going back to giving those gloves. That's what he said to me. He said, you cancel out the good that you do when you don't do the good that he's called you to do. Hallelujah. That's what he said to me. That when he tells you what to do and you go do something else, you just canceled out the blessing that would have come to you for your obedience. And I tell you all the time, half-hearted obedience is still disobedience. I'm going to start out this session talking about the sower sows the word. Uh, so, so yes, even the worst 
that you're giving to one another that is edification or correction or instruction or doctrine, you are sowing. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You see it? That's why you do not have any chance meetings. They are set up. They are opportunities for you to sow into somebody's life the glory of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's why we have to become addicted to sowing. When you become an addicted sower, you also become a providence reaper. In other words, God has purposed by providence that you would be blessed. God has purposed by providence that you would be blessed. Now, about three or four weeks ago, I said to you, one of, one of the problems is you give with no expectation. In other words, let me just put the money in the basket. Praise God. Hallelujah. No worship connected to it. No, no, no blessing God with it. Let me help the preacher pay the light bill. Put a little food on the table. But no, when you're sowing as a part of your worship, when, when, when you're sowing as lifestyle, you can expect a return on your sowing because the promise of God is that he gives back. To them that kiss. Hallelujah. So so you've been giving, but you've been functioning off of a type of emptiness because you've had no real expectation. It's song with no thought. You see? Yeah. Let me get my offering. Here's my offering. Praise the Lord. A, a thankless and thankless sower. <laughs> are you seeing it? Now, now, wait a minute. I already said we are the children of the covenant. And I already said Jesus is the head of the church. You know what that means? It means what you think outside of that don't mean anything. In other words, this <laughs> this is how we do it. <laughs> this is how we do it. And when you do it God's way, God is obligated to them who do it his way. I'm going to say that again. When you do it God's way, God is obligated to them that do it his way. You know, the Lord has given me new vision. 2020 vision. For kingdom manifestation. He's helping me to see where I thought I saw. Come on. Come on, 
Do you understand what I'm saying? You, you can look at the word and think you see, but not see the way the Lord wants you to see. Come on, say this with me. Lord, open my eyes. You see it? We, we've been short-sighted in the spirit realm. We could only see close. And even that we don't see clearly. Man-made religion gave us a God that stays afar off from us. But the Word of God says that he now lives in me. Yes. Yes, sir. Now, now, yesterday we talked about being seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Can, can I lay this thing out for you? You're seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, and Christ is seated by the at the right hand of God in heaven, but God and Christ and the Holy Spirit have made their abode on the inside of you. Come on, say, heaven in my heart. Heaven in my heart. Yes, sir. You are seated with the source of blessing is. This reminds me of something else the Lord said to me earlier this, this morning. He said, you have to teach people how to live from their spirit. You have to teach people how to live from their spirit. That that means you you have to learn how to live from the hidden man of the heart, but you got to feed the hidden man of the heart so the hidden man of the heart will give you strength in your soul. Our soul has been keeping us from the provision of God because our mind, our unrenewed mind, our unsurrendered will, and living by our emotions keep us living in the flesh where God can't help us. Yes, sir. I told them yesterday, I don't owe my flesh anything. You won't have to make up your mind. You you won't have to. You said that yesterday too. <laughs> Romans chapter six, praise God. You don't owe your flesh nothing. Well, how do I know when my flesh is trying to run me? Whenever it's trying to get you to do that which God said don't do. Hallelujah. Are you understanding? We, we make it complicated. And then we look for deep preachers. Well, you know that you have to get to the nucleus of the center of the core of the... <laughs> listen, listen, the Lord is telling me Never worship the intellectuality of the word. 
Never worship the intellectuality of the word. It is simpler than we make it, but it takes more than we're doing. Look at verse 25. The liberal soul shall be made fat, and he that watereth shall be watered also himself. (laughs) Hallelujah. The liberal soul shall be made fat. What in the world does that mean, the liberal soul shall be made fat? He ain't talking about your body mass. He's talking about you flourishing. He's talking about you flourishing. The liberal soul shall be made fat and flourishing. He's talking about your mind, your will, and your emotions maturing in relationship to your obedience in the area of sowing. The liberal soul. The liberal soul. I said the liberal soul. Hallelujah. You know, there 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 are young guys that be at the supermarket and they say, Can we help you with your basket? You know, me and my manly self, I don't need you to help me. But my wife will always say, Yes, come on. And 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 I realize what she's doing. She's giving them a payday. She's actually sowing to them. Are you understanding? And so, so, so the young man says, you know, can I? So, so we were at a market yesterday, wherever we were, and and the young man said, can I take your your cart? And and my brain says no. But I realized, keep my mouth shut. <laughs> and she tells him to come on. And and he puts his stuff in the cart. And and so she and I get in. And and I say, and I say, what you give him? And she said, what well, she 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 said she gave him, uh, I think it was three dollars. I jokingly sat in the car and said, what you give him? Fifty. Can you imagine what a kid would do if they got fifty dollars for pushing a cart? Every day they'd be at that market. That, that would become their new job. But now here's here's my point. Here, here's my point. She gave him three dollars. I had piles in my mind. Here's what I want y'all to see. Do that which is beyond. And God will do it for you. What will seem to be beyond by other people's view. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I do the same thing when I when I pull into a parking space at the meter. I don't just put twenty five cent in for my thirty minutes that I'm gonna be there. Come on. I run that thing up to a dollar. 
so that somebody come and be hurt. You understand what I'm saying? Anybody understand how simple this is? So, 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 so you 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 can give in a way that lessens the burden on somebody else coming behind you. And yet your giving causes you to be able to receive at levels that are uncommon. The stinginess not only cuts you off, but cuts off others who didn't even know God appointed you to provide for them. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The Bible says, I always like saying that every now and again. The Bible says covetous folk are going to hell. Oh yeah. Now, now, what is covetousness? Is 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 greediness that puts you in a position where you won't release what you have, although you have it. That's covetousness. That's that's covetousness. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If you if you can get five and you only get two, your covetousness with the other three can corrupt you. Now, <laughs> that's a part of it. Now, if this was a regular charismatic church, this would be a good place to raise an offering. <laughs> People start digging deep, like, I don't want to. <laughs> but no, my assignment is to simply teach you the truth that when you become addicted to sowing, when you become a, when when you develop the lifestyle of a soul, you start weeping unprecedented. You know, I heard one preacher say they, they he said he said his value was such that even though the world says he's worth a hundred and fifty million. They don't understand that because of his God, you can't calculate his worth. Who can calculate your worth? I'm only even just now beginning to discover my own value. What is your value? If you have limitation in your mind, that limitation is showing up in your life. Come on, say, take the limits off. Take the limits off. Come on, say it again. Take the limits off. Take the limits off. You see? Look at Proverbs 21. I said I would only be a few minutes. I'll only be a few minutes longer. Proverbs chapter 21. 
Are you getting anything out of this? Hallelujah. Proverbs chapter 21 and verse 13. Whoso stoppeth his ears at the cry of the poor, he also shall cry himself, but shall not be heard. Hallelujah. So when you shut your ear to the poor, God shut his ear to you. And I tried to run from teaching this. Hallelujah. Now, now, do you see how this connects to yesterday? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. What is the purpose for increase? It's not just to lavish yourself. That, that's the bonus for your obedience. It's not supposed to be your objective. <laughs> but when you chase wealth, it takes wings and fly away. But when you obey, then wealth finds you. Yes, Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. See, you know, uh, Jillian started talking about pray for our leaders. And I was sitting there thinking about how the devil tried to beat us up every day. Yeah, he he tries to tell us what you're not ready for so that he can keep us from teaching you what you need. He don't just, he jumps out the here with temptation in terms of other kind of temptation. The enemy does not want us to be the body that we're supposed to be. So the enemy will always fight against leadership to keep leadership from giving you what you need the most. And that's why God told Jeremiah, don't look at their faces. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's why as a leader, you had to be able to speak from the fire that's in your belly. Hallelujah. Because God knows what you need more than you know what you need. <laughs> Hallelujah. There are people who have left here because they decided that they thought they knew what they needed. Are you learning anything? Let's look at Galatians chapter 6. I said to the Lord, Lord, it's like you, 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 you're taking me in another place. You understand what I'm saying? It's like, it's like he, 
he he relocates you. Yes. Yes. He translates you. Yes. He moves you to where he wants you to be. Right. Bible says it's in him that we live and move and have our being and God is at work in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. Do not fight God's work. Amen. Hello. Hallelujah. When when you got your mind all made up about how this thing's supposed to be. It stands the reason you are missing him while you yet claim to be serving him. The Holy Spirit is on assignment to lead you and guide you into all truth. So why is it we fight what the Holy Spirit reveals? <laughs> so so smart we stupid. And, and and get out of this individualism that says, Well, God didn't tell me that. He's telling you. You know how, how you're telling somebody what the Lord wants them to know and then saying, Well, the Lord ain't tell me that. No, he's telling you that's why he has me here. We met somebody yesterday outside the meeting, and Robert was talking to the brother, and Robert said to the brother, listen, there's an anointing on my life. The reason why we're connected is because God connected us together. You didn't just walk up to us. God ordained for you to walk up to us. Now, that brother walked away saying, man, God ain't tell me that. He just missed God. Are you understanding? Now, let your mind do a flashback, figuratively, of all the teaching I've been doing over all these years. How much have you taken and applied on purpose to live the life that God Wants you to live. See, see, we got this individual mindset. I can come in on Sunday and get the word, but I got my own mind. That's the problem. <laughs> Hallelujah. He he's trying to get us to renew our mind. So that we live from a renewed mind, living from the hidden man of the heart, that we're feeding the word of God. So that the hidden man can give us the ability to win out over our soul. I was studying 3 John 2 about an hour ago. 3 John 2 says, Beloved, I wish above all things that thou may prosper and be in good health, even as thy soul prospers. Even as thy mind, thy will, and thy emotions prosper. Prosperity of the soul will produce prosperity of life. That's a good note for somebody. Prosperity of soul will produce prosperity of life. Your soul 
is your mind, your will, and your emotions. And so prosperity of soul will produce prosperity of life. Now, how did how did John know that, that Gaius was prospering in the soul? Gaius was a giver. Gaius was a sower. And as I'm studying this, just, just not even an hour ago, as I'm studying this, what I saw was the evidence of Gaius' maturity of soul was that he provided for the brethren, watch this, and the strangers. Now, I don't think I had read that before in all the times that I read it. John said, said there's a testimony of your life. There's a testimony of your maturity. The evidence of your maturity is you have love for the brethren and the stranger. When I saw that part about loving the stranger, what I saw was Gaius had no obligation, but he took it upon himself. He was summoned. He was given. He was meeting the needs of the brethren and the strangers. Gaius' maturity was such that he used to brag about it. They would go to other cities and they would talk about how well Gaius had treated them. Your sowing should have a testimony. Somebody ought to be somewhere talking about how much you love them and what you gave to them. See, here's what I'm trying to point out. We ain't even touched this kind of life yet. If you're too busy thinking about the good that you do, your thinking is getting in the way of the purity of what your motive is supposed to be. Come on, say lifestyle. 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 When you become an addicted sower, you can become a providential receiver. In other words, by providence, God provides for you. You read Galatians chapter 6? Verse 7. Now, we read Luke 6.38, right? Give it, be given unto you, good measure, press down, shaking together, running over, God will cause men to give unto your bosom, right? Look at verse 7. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. God is responsive to what you release. Religion positions us to only want to know what God will release to us. But God is responsive to what you release. Let me show you another verse. Turn to Second Corinthians. 
Second Corinthians chapter nine. Second Corinthians chapter nine and verse six. But this I say, he which sows sparingly shall reap also sparingly. And he which sows bountifully shall reap also bountifully. Wow. So God is responsive to me. In other words, I determine the flow. Look at the next verse. Look at the next verse. The the next verse he says, every man according as he purposes in his heart, so let him give. Not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loveth a cheerful giver. So wait a minute. If you sow sparingly, you reap sparingly. And whatever you sow is what you reap. And if you sow grudgingly, then God is not obligated because he looks at your attitude as much as he looks at what you do. Hallelujah. Oh, that's a good one right there. Lord, help me. To be a cheerful giver. And then you see how involved you are in how God is involved with you? I'm telling you, we, we had to get away from we we had to get away from institutional giving. Yes. Giving to say we gave. Giving just to meet a need. Giving so I'm not embarrassed not being one to put something in the basket. Hallelujah. But developing the lifestyle of a sower. Becoming addicted to giving. Because when you're addicted to giving, you become a providential receiver. In other words, God, by providence, responds to that which you do. Are you getting enough word? Yes, sir. I'm going there. Now, look at God's response. To you sowing his way He says And God is able To make all grace abound toward you That ye always Sometimes every now and again 
having all sufficiency. Come on, say I'm on my way. See, now watch this. I think if we change our attitude about it, we will change our receptivity. Or let me say it this way. Either God's lying or Paul's lying or you are lying. (laughs) You see? Hallelujah. I'm not lying. I'm a lion. Hallelujah. 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 Are you receiving this? He says, and God is able to make all grace abound toward you that you always. I'm on my way. Having all sufficiency in all things. Yes, sir. May abound to every good work. The Amplified says something to this effect: God is able to make all grace abound towards you, that you having all that you having all sufficiency in all things may have enough to meet your needs and whatever the needs of others might be. Woo. Hallelujah! Now, now look at how look at how God does this. He does it not from his providence indiscriminate of your giving. He connects it to your giving. Hallelujah. I used to hear Miles Monroe say, man will not, God cannot. And we would say, oh, Miles, he throwed off on that one. God can do what he want to do. No. God reserves what he does. For what you do Hallelujah Hallelujah Are you receiving this? Hallelujah So now You're going to have to start Looking at things A different way Come on Recalibrate Hallelujah if you were a machine, we'd have to recalibrate you so that you'd have a greater efficiency. If you were a machinery, we might have to retool you so that you can make stuff different than you made it before. Now, God said it this way, though. Renew your mind. <laughs> Hallelujah! The renewed mind can embrace the provision of God where the unrenewed mind begs. The renewed mind can embrace the provision of God where the unrenewed mind begs. Do you know the number of friends that I've asked to help to be a part of sending me to Africa and I don't hear from them? (laughs) Unrenewed minds. I love them, praise God, but the Lord has shown me their minds are not renewed because the renewed mind understands the value of sowing and giving your money a kingdom assignment. Amen. 
that's part of one of the lessons yesterday I get to giving your money a kingdom assignment. Hallelujah. When you understand the value of sowing and you give your money a kingdom assignment, hallelujah, all the angels take notice. How do I know? Hebrews 1, 14. Are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister on behalf of them who are heirs of salvation? I'm going to let you go. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's go back to, well, no, let's stay here. And we'll finish out right here, praise God. Verse 9, 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 9. As it is written, he hath dispersed abroad. He hath given to the rich. His righteousness remaineth. Forever. Watch this. Your righteousness is connected to your giving. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Your giving to the poor is evidence that you are righteous. <laughs> Hallelujah. And he lays up Sound wisdom for the righteous. And he blesses the righteous with salvation. And he gives wealth to the righteous. Yeah. Yeah. He he entrusts resources to the righteous. You've been busy in church singing, doing all the church stuff, living out the predictability of paganism, and not really understanding that we are in a spiritual dynamic. Hallelujah. The, I just heard this. The windows of heaven are open. Yes. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. We talked about it yesterday. We are in the third day. We are in the second where God is receiving the remnant. So we're in the third day where, where Jesus rose again, and we are the result of it. But God Set at the second time to gather his remnant. We are that remnant. I'm trying to get you out of here. I know y'all was up all that night last night. I saw y'all on Facebook. All right. I'm just about done. I'm just about done. Praise God. I'm just about I'm just about done. Hallelujah. Verse 10, and we going home. 
Now he that ministers seed to the covetous. Now, who receives seed? The sower. <laughs> and wait a minute. He doesn't just give you seed. He ministers seed to you. In other words, he's sowing to you seed that you would know what to do. Now, 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 he that ministers seed to the sower both minister bread for your food and multiply your seed sown and increase the fruits of your righteousness. In other words, the need that you meet become multiplied and your righteousness becomes assured. Second Corinthians chapter 9, verse 10, verse 11. Being enriched in everything to all bountifulness, which causes through us thanksgiving to God. Say, enrich me, Lord. In everything. Verse 12. For the administration of this service not only supplies the want of the saints, but is abundant also by many thanksgivings unto God. Now, now there were poor saints that this sowing was given to them. So I didn't, I didn't teach this part, but, but out of the poverty of the ones that were given, it was from their liberty, even though they didn't have much, that they were given to those who had left. So you can never say that you don't have to be able to give. They were giving from the least, but they were given to those who had left. But the promise of their sowing was that they would have more. Now this is for Bible believers. This is for church goers. This is for Bible believers. This is for people that believe the word. This ain't for the out to lunch bunch. Hallelujah. This is for those that are hungry for truth. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He says. He says. While by the experiment of this ministration, they glorify God for your professed subjection unto the gospel of Christ. In other words, your giving shows that you're a subject to Christ. Your giving should have nothing to do with your situation or circumstance. Your giving should have everything to do with you being subject to Christ. And, and he actually says, subject to the gospel of Christ. 
subject to the good news. Subject to the good news that Jesus is the Messiah. Subject to the good news that Jesus is king. Subject to the good news that the kingdom has been made manifest among you. Watch this. Subject to the good news that when Jesus said it is finished, that became your beginning. Hallelujah. 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 Learn to live from the finished place. I am complete in him. Hallelujah. I've been redeemed from the curse of the law. Hallelujah. Are you seeing it? I'm so angry at, at religious folk because religious folk just think that they have this thing down pat and they ain't even close. They've been so mad you could, could, could bite a nail. Hallelujah. That's pretty mad, praise God. But, 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 but I, I, I think about it is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer, in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC.